It's time to discover your home's potential with Chris Kramer, Joel Graber, and Rob Perugini on Measure Twice. And hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. This is Measure Twice, where we help you envision your home's potential. I'm Casey Hendrickson. we got Joel Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling and Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors. Brought to you by Miller's Building Supply and Hoosier Hardwood. Miller's Building Supply, where service is priority since 1982, and online at com. And, of course, Hoosier's Har- Hoosier Hardwood. Hoosier Hardwood Floors, Michiana's trusted and valued experts on hardwood floors. Visit HoosierHardwoodFloors.com. Also, if you have any questions, go to com. We're uh, working on the uh, website, doing some updates to it. Got the latest episodes up there. And uh, we will also be adding a full podcast archive and everything else, too, as we, we get going. They finally gave me access, guys. Can you believe that? How long have I been doing this with you now? Like three months? Holy smokes. (laughs) Fine. All you got to do is give Casey access to stuff. You do that, and you know it's amazing. Things get done. So (laughs) here's the deal. Um, Go to mtwiceshow.com and just go to the Contact Us page. And we're also on Twitter at mtwice underscore show. I didn't pick the Twitter handle. So So you weren't given full access. No, no. They just created the Twitter account without asking me to create the Twitter account because I would not have had the underscore. But uh, if you're on Twitter and you have a question or a comment for us, just use the hashtag mtwice. Just real easy. And then we'll see it uh, because we we subscribe to that hashtag. And if you have any questions, uh, we can go ahead and respond to you on Twitter. And then we can use that question, of course, on the show Mm -hmm. uh, to get listener uh, feedback on everything that's going on. So, guys, we've been talking about this kind of, I think, like uh, backhandedly a little bit for a couple of episodes now. <laughs> There's a labor shortage in your industry. And I think there has been since, what, about 2011? If if uh, I'm reading correctly, that's when we started to see that more and more of the, uh, the skilled personnel are kind of leaving the construction trade. And then, yeah. of course, Chris, you'll comment on, on your trade as well. But um, we hear that the industry is growing. But it could be growing a lot faster. There just aren't enough people to do the jobs. That's that's true. <laughs> There's so, no way around that. Uh, I'm not sure when the, when the actual... I think... I mean, the writing's been on the wall for longer than that. Mm-hmm. Because young people haven't been getting into it. Okay. So, at you know, just off of people retiring and getting, you know, getting older and getting out of it because they physically can't do it anymore. There just hasn't been anybody to replace them. Like on the last show, one of our friends is retiring, and of course, uh, yeah. Hoosier Howard taking over the. Uh, you well, know, he's the not. He's and, not retiring. Well, like, okay. He, uh, at some point, he's, he's looking phasing, towards that. Yeah, he's, he's phasing out, that. right? Yeah. But he's he's looking to do that, and you know, but we have we've had that. So why why do you think the younger generations guys are not getting into this? Like this is you know good steady work. You can take it anywhere. So if you need to move, you can go wherever. I mean, why right. why wouldn't people be picking this up? I think it starts. Um, actually, I think it starts with the. Uh, High schools, no, there's no one pushing trades anymore. And I think that that is a, a very missed opportunity because college isn't for everyone. No, right. And someone can earn a very, very good living by picking up a skill or trade. And um, it's just not, there's no one pushing it or forward, basically. Right, right. And I think I saw statistics, don't quote me on this, everybody, because I'm just kind of drawn from memory. I think I saw statistics like 30 to 35% of the country has a college degree. And like half of those are degrees that people are not even in the field um, right, or right. will not be a functional degree to make you money. It's just a feel-good degree because you were interested in the topic or whatever. Right. right. So there's, you know, right now we have a large chunk of the people who are college educated really don't have any skills anyway. They're just, they went to college. Okay, great. 
um, but they can't apply that to the workforce, whereas most people aren't going to college, and yet this big push for vocational schools that we had like 10 years ago, like gone. We did see the president was, of the state of the union. It was more than 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah you're right, because that was that was shortly after I got out. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I like to think of myself as younger than being you in my mid-20s, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, but, you know, we did have the president finally talk about this. We've had people like Mike Rowe from Dirty yeah. Jobs talking yeah. about, you know, talking about this. Like, you can make a lot of money by having skills and trades. Um, there's a new advertiser that kind of showed up on MNC and um, the U.S. Tech Association, I think it is. Uh-huh. And they, their whole purpose is to get people like you, Joel, or you, Chris, who have a skill who could teach an online course for somebody. Because, again, the, the trade schools are just kind of going away. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have a lot of people who want need jobs, even though we're technically at full employment right now. We have a lot of people who need jobs, but we have a lot of industries who need workers. But nobody's got the skill set to do it. So is it difficult to find people to train those people in your industry, or are you guys more looking for people who already have the skill? Uh, both. Both. Yeah. I both. mean, it is. It's difficult. Like, I mean, I can just speak from our business, but I actually I can speak for a lot of businesses because I talk to a lot of guys, and they all it, it, it's a reoccurring theme. We need more like skilled carpenters, guys who know what they're doing already, to help train in guys who want to learn who 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 don't have a skill yet but mm-hmm. need to be taught it so that i mean it's a, it's it's difficult because a lot of those guys are gone when when when, when things hit the fan in 08 a lot of people were pushed out of the car out of the building trades because sure. I mean, construction ground to a halt yeah for, for a yeah while, so. i mean new construction was not happening for i don't know seven years roughly i mean like right very, very little was happening, especially in new construction, and and so that and that's where a lot of people learn carpentry. Mm-hmm. And so when guys were getting out, guys were getting out of it, finding other career paths, or there just wasn't anything, so people weren't getting into it. You know, for us where we're at, you have RV companies. So if somebody if somebody gets into an RV company at what nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. And they're in there for a couple of years. It's hard to leave the money you're making to go make less to learn a trade, because it's impossible for me to pay somebody what they're getting paid in a trailer factory, mm-hmm. uh, especially without like the actual skills. I just find it interesting that you know there's a labor shortage when companies are now advertising on TV. There's billboards yeah. for different manufacturing companies or different companies who are seeking. you know, employees, Um, the projection I know is in the next five to 10 years, it's going to get even worse because you've got the boomers who are uh, the largest segment of the population uh, retiring. So every time I see a new business go up, I'm wondering how they're going to employ the people to uh, to staff or to staff it. Um, Because I know that... uh, even I mean it's all like you said all industries because my wife works for McDonald's they can't they're, they're they can't get help they're they're using automation now where you can go in and place your own order 
Yeah. Uh, they're experimenting because they don't have they can't hire the help. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the kiosks, by the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm what's just, coming. Yes. It's coming. I know they're testing them in Michigan. I'm like, just come a little bit more south. Come on. <laughs> please. Just a little I'm so tired of talking to people. <laughs> but I'm just an anti- tired of talking yeah. to people. Well, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they are. I think yes. really is <laughs> have you heard me order? Yes, I'm sure. Um you know, but th- this is what's kinda of, kind of interesting because you know, your two industries, while they they totally work together, I would assume that the employees that you're looking for are of, are of a different cloth. Yes, they would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with Joel, yeah, I suppose theoretically a lot of the construction industry can be replaced with robots or modernization oh, and things no. like that, but no. No? Mm-hmm. no. That's that's a that's not going to be it's too hands-on. Yeah, you yeah. think? Oh, Especially, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's it would be really really difficult to automate that. Okay. Because I would have just assumed it would have been easier for at least some of those roles to be replaced, which would mitigate the labor shortage with you. But then, if if you went over to to Chris on the design aspect, robots just don't have an artistic. Oh, there's no way you right. have. To, I mean, can you imagine? There are algorithms because I know that somebody's going to send me. There's an article, Casey, about this robot who is making these paintings, and yes, there is. And there's a robot <laughs> who tried to compose a a symphony, and it didn't go very well. So they're trying to get there, but our robot overlords are still somewhat out. So we've got to find people <laughs> in the qualified. Can you imagine <laughs> the labor ro- fields here for a yeah. while? Uh, I can't imagine a robot doing reupholstery work and trying to match a pattern and and yeah. you know trying to get it perfect. I can't imagine a robot making draperies or window treatments because there's an art to it there's a finesse right. to it right and yeah it's and that's not something you learn overnight that takes years to develop to develop that skill right okay um but those are the those are the key essential businesses that we rely on that are disappearing okay and so when they're as they are disappearing people are like Joel said they're retiring nobody's coming up um you have might have one workroom where you had three or four before so if you want something made done, it's not taking three, six months to get it. Yeah, it's getting much longer now, which, of course, can affect costs and everything else as well, too. So, And, and to be honest, most people don't want to wait six months to have right. a chair. Of course not. Of course not. We live in an immediate gratification society right. now, too. Right. You know, all of these things are kind of working against you guys. So we're going to continue our discussion on labor shortage. I know that may, you know maybe a lot of you out there are listening to this right now, and you're like, no, no, I just want to know how to have a pretty kitchen. Well, you got to have somebody to put in the kitchen. Right. Um, right. And, but many of you may have, I don't know, kids or relatives or friends who are looking for work and are trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, there is a, a whole world of opportunity out there in various industries. And, you know, we've got construction, we've got design, two industries hurting right now for people. So if you like to be more hands-on, these could be options uh, for whoever might be available that you're thinking of, whether it's you or somebody else. We've got more coming up on M Twice. M twice. Mtwiceshow.com. Hit the contact us button here at Measure Twice on 95.3 MNC. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Measure Twice, where we help you envision your home's potential. And again, I'm Casey Hendrickson. We've got Joel Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling and Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors. And also, want to remind everybody that you can go to the website, mtwiceshow.com. If you have any questions or comments, go to the Contact Us page and use that. You can also find us on Twitter at mtwice underscore show. And you can use the hashtag mtwice to go ahead and send us a question on Twitter if uh, you prefer that platform. So I want to thank our sponsors, Miller's Building Supply, where services priority since 1982, and online at millersbuildingsupply.com. And Hoosier Hardwood Floors, Michiana's trusted and valued experts on hardwood floors. Visit Hoosier Hardwood Floors. Dot com as well. So we're talking about a labor shortage 
because there is a big labor shortage in both of the industries that you guys um, work in. And and again, I think they offer you know kind of different types of people that yeah. would be interested. Even though you all work you know on the same projects, you know there would be a, a different type of person that might work. Uh, in construction versus somebody who might work in design. So yeah. there's an opportunity for somebody who maybe wants to, you know, I, look, I like swinging a hammer or, you know, I like building things. And then somebody who's got an artistic talent who really loves to design stuff and make things look really pretty. Not that both of you can't kind of cross over in some of those areas, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's different different strokes for different folks, right? Right. So this has been a problem now for, for several years, and this is continuing to be an issue in the construction industry and design industry and, and everything else. And the industry, which is growing, says that it could, according to the industry, industry trades, could be growing a lot faster if oh, yeah. you all had the labor force that you really, truly need. And so, and without diving too much into the political side of things, guys, there has been a debate that, you know, we may need more people to legally come over to do some stuff that Americans won't do. <laughs> and you had a very interesting comment about that during the break. It, it kind of goes along with what Mike Rowe has been saying with his foundation for a couple of years now, too, Joel. Yeah, it's it. <clears throat> it's not that Americans won't do it. It's that they're being talked out of doing it. So, well, what I was what I was talking about was you know I, my kids' elementary. Uh, there's a college flag on every classroom door. And they're being told that, you know, the next natural step is college, which is fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying don't go to college if you have if there's something that you want to pursue in that. But not at college. Chris touched on it in the segment before. College isn't for everybody. And it's it's as if the trade. I mean, you know, shop class has been taken out of high right. schools. It's as if the trades have been. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know how to say it exactly. They're looked down on. Like, it's menial menial work. Mm-hmm. And so people are being talked out of wanting to, uh, out of that, like, that, as if it's not a viable option. You know, we had the, the you know, the research that was out for years and years and years on, oh, your, your average pay if you have a college degree is much higher and that sort of thing. But here's the math that they don't tell you about. Uh, if you actually take somebody who's straight out of high school goes into the workforce, and then you take somebody who straight out of college goes into the workforce, even if the person on college, which isn't always the case now because college has become a meat factory, mm-hmm. is what it's become. You used to go to college for a skill that you had to have a college degree, and you had to spend at least four years learning it uh, to be able to even get into the profession. And now what has happened is there's very few functional college degrees that will help you and a whole lot that will get you into debt and not benefit you at all. And that's unfortunately – that's stuff you should be taking in community college after work because, right. you know, hey, astrology interests me. Right. Cool. Go take a class. You don't need to spend six years, which is the average time somebody's in a university now, six years to get your degree. It's not four. Um, and so the debt is ballooning. And then what that does is when you get out of college, too, not only do you have this debt, but you've lost four to six years of income earning potential. Right. So what we've seen with the research is that when people get out of high school and go into the workforce and then you compare their lifelong salary to people who had a college degree, guess what? They even out. And a lot of times people who didn't go to college make a lot more. Well, yeah. It just, it, you know, it, because now they've got experience. You know, by the time somebody graduates college, well, the person who's already been in that industry who just went in after high school, they got four to six years experience on you. Well, it's like, I mean, with what you do, Chris, I mean, you have to go to college and and study it. But just because you've gone to college and studied it doesn't mean you're 
you still need to be trained into it, right? I mean, oh, it's, uh, it, it's, it takes years of experience. Right. right. It's t- I mean, I've been in the business 30 years. Right. I mean, I can remember when graduating from college, I didn't know. I mean, I had some fundamentals right. um, on what how to do what I do, but it's the day-to-day learning mm-hmm. from working with contractors, working with other builders. That's where you learn all the intricacies of this business. You can't, you, could you go in as a designer, oh, we're going to make this really pretty and we're going to do this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And the contractor goes, that's uh, not going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work. How are you going to do that? You've got a beam running this way, so you can't put that there. So those are the things that you start to learn and to develop. And then you're, you know, as you're working in different projects, so mm-hmm. wait a minute, okay, I've got to rethink some of this. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's taken, you know, years to develop right. the, uh, uh, techniques and the knowledge to do the job and to do it well, really. And I think people who listen to the show kind of pick up on that because, you know, Chris isn't the hammer slinging guy. But when Joel is talking about something that that might be, you know, uh, construction oriented or load bearing, Chris chimes in because he knows he's talking about because he's been in the industry for 30 years and he's he's dealt with it. So that's why we talk about the, the crossover. You know, that's something that your professor at a university who is teaching you about design may not have. You know, they may not have that experience because a lot of professors, not all of them, but a lot of them don't have a lot of time in industry. Um, you know, a lot of times there's an educational path. You go through your school, you get trained, and you go right back into teaching in that trade. And right. then you, you know, so not denigrating that. I'm just saying that that's a functional reality of our society right now. But the the what's key to Joel and I is I can have all the design ideas in the world, but if I don't have the people to... Execute that design is worthless, right? And that's—I'm not saying that's where we are completely, but I don't look at the trades as a trade. Like a, a carpenter isn't just a carpenter; they're craftsmen. Yeah, right. They can take a piece of wood and turn it into the most beautiful library paneling. Um, and so, I mean, I there is to me as a designer, I get excited when I see something like that. When I'm working with the contractor and we're trying to figure out a, a paneling layout for a library, let's right. say, and or if the floor person and we say, hey, let's do a herringbone floor. And they're like, yeah, that would be great in this space. And then you have the craftsman that can do this and execute it beautifully. Right. They're, they're, that's very gratifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for me, I don't, I don't know how, I think the carpenters and oh, yeah, absolutely. Any of the trade feel that way. They take pride in the fact that they are providing the client, the designer, uh, top quality work. Right. You know, I think there's something to be said for that, too, guys, is that we're talking about industries that are timeless, that will always be needed, that are portable. You can take them anywhere mm-hmm. in the world that you go. You can make a very good living doing doing this type of work. I have yet to see anybody who made something with their hands that wasn't proud of themselves. Right. I've and, never I've never seen anybody who got done making it, yeah, yeah, okay, great, I did, whatever. I, I've never seen that. Everybody that I know of that creates something with their hands is really happy that they did it, even if it wasn't for themselves. Right. Right. And most of the time, it's not for themselves. Right. And it's it, for that client. And it's amazing to me that the, the, the mathematical mind they have to have to figure out proportion and right. and. Sure. Cause, because it's interesting the the consumer or the client concept is they went to Lowe's and bought the panel that they're using for the library and just stuck it on the wall. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that each one of those panels is handmade. Right. Because you can't just fit something pre-made in every space. It right. doesn't work. Yeah. Very good points. All right. So I, I guess what I wanted to talk about maybe in this next segment is if you guys think these DIY shows that have really kind of taken off, if they have helped or hurt your industry. 
and and kind of talk about the the mentality, I guess, of how you're going to get people in. Because I know that Mike Rowe's been out there trying to tell people like, hey, you need right. you need right. skills, and look, you can make a lot of money doing right. this. And I got news for you, you won't be two hundred grand in debt. Uh, so right. that's all money that's not going back. You know that counts against your salary, and right. you know that sort of thing. So I uh, talk about a couple of those things maybe coming up in the next segment as well. I want to remind everybody go to the website mtwyshow.com. Go to the contact us page if you'd like to send us a question or a comment. We we love to address that on the show. We've got more coming up here on Measure Twice on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And hello, thank you for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. This is Measure Twice, where we help you envision your home's potential. And again, I'm Casey Hendrickson. we got Joel Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling and Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors here. And also want to thank our sponsors, Miller Building Supply, where service is priority since 1982, and online at millersbuildingsupply.com. And Hoosier Hardwood Floors, Michiana's trusted and valued experts on hardwood floors. Visit HoosierHardwoodFloors.com. And if you have any questions, visit, visit us online, where you can get uh, you know podcasts from the previous episodes and things like that. We're working on a full archive uh, to be able to go back several episodes, mm-hmm. too. We'll, we'll have that up there relatively shortly. Go to mtwyshow.com, and you can also send us your questions or comments by going to the Contact Us page. And, uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter as well and use the hashtag mtwice to send us any questions or comments on social media. All right, guys, so we're talking about the labor shortage today, and I, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. One... Do you think these DIY shows have helped, hurt, or had no impact on your industry over the past several years? Because we kind of saw the DIY shows really pop up when there was the slowdown and people mm-hmm. were trying to save money and not hire professionals, you know, and like like me, plastic dip everything in their house. <laughs> yeah. um, and then also, okay, so what do we do now that we've got an entire educational system that is built upon making money off of the student, okay, rather than helping them? And so from the high school years on forward, they push everybody into college. And like I said, college is not for most people, and at least half of the people that go to college don't get a functional degree anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not even counting the people who drop out, okay? We're just talking about those who actually complete the four to six years that is average now. So how do we kind of combat that? So Mike Rowe's been out there trying to tell everybody there's these trades, but, you know, is there something industry-wide that that you think needs to happen to really get people to start looking up and going, hey, it's, it's okay, to not go to college and to come here and make really good money for your family in a career that you can take anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as like the DIY I, shows, I mean, that those things are great for ideas. You know, people will watch those and get ideas on things that they want to do. I, it seem, I mean, I don't really watch them, but when I've seen them, it seems like it's gone away from like DIY so much where uh, – People are. It's more with professionals, and they're and the professionals are helping people f- make their ideas come come out, you know, or helping them s- realize those ideas. Okay. Because uh, I mean, the, the more fact- contractors and less neighbors messing your house up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too many lawsuits there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I yeah, I just think that I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about. You you can't just come into the trades and and automatically be able to do it. I mean, it takes years of learning to get to a place where you're, where you're a journeyman or you're a professional, and 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 we are. I mean, in the trades, they're they're professionals. It's it, it's years of learning and and being an apprentice and uh, just the experience of you know how do you deal with whatever happens and mm-hmm. and how do these 
materials work and and just learning a craft so you you can't just step into it and do it and at least not at a high level i mean you could slap some stuff together but sure <laughs> so i mean i guess it's a long way around to saying i i think it at one point in time maybe it was fr- more frustrating now it's like eh, i just i think people understand more that eh, this isn't something that i can necessarily just do <laughs> You think that's part of the problem? People just want to jump into something that they can immediately start doing now? Even though you can't really do that a lot, but I think there's an impression that, well, at least I'm comfortable sitting on my backside and, (laughs) you know, not sweating or, or, you know, working hard. So it's easier for me to learn while being comfortable versus trying to be artistic and and actually produce something. Right. I I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's what part of it, you know, because it is, I mean, there's, there's hard work involved in sure. what I do, you know. Not not with what you do, do Chris. Though there's no hard work involved. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he no. just Chris. I, I see. This is one of the reasons I love Chris because he does a lot of the lift, heavy, real heavy lifting in like because he, you know, we work with clients, and a lot of times he's the, the clients are the heavy lifting, <laughs> helping yeah, no them kidding. to understand what to expect, and when things aren't going perfectly helping just de- helping deal with that side of things i mean that's that oftentimes is the most difficult thing that we do <laughs> and that's chris's that explain, job that all explains the time. why chris is so difficult with us he just takes yeah. it out on us that's yep. what it is we're he's, everybody <laughs> needs a punching bag <laughs> that's right <laughs> we're happy to be here for you buddy yep it's like therapy <laughs> anything anything <laughs> to use it everyone <laughs> <laughs> anything to add on that note chris i mean about just kind of you know, people trying to get into the field, and and why do you think that they're they're really not getting into it? I mean, obviously they're being told not to to do certain types of jobs and to go to college as opposed to that. But is well, there anything else? There's definitely a the push to college now that the the younger people are so tech into tech that that's the direction I think that a lot of them think they need to go or want to go. Right. Uh, there's a lot of tech that we use. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, there's an awful lot of tech floating around in both of your guys' oh, fields. Yeah. And so, I mean, so we need people with tech savvy, you know, AutoCAD, you know, 3D renderings and all. I mean, there's a lot of computer work that, that, that we use now that we didn't when I was in design school. But one thing I do want to kind of say about, I don't want to say college is, is not for everybody, but for example, I went to get a design degree mm-hmm. and that gave me the foundation to an understanding of the basics of what I do. It gave me the foundation and just mm-hmm. the basics. Life experience gives you the knowledge and the rest of what you need to succeed because it's like I've heard many young people say, they didn't teach me this in college. Well, right. yeah, no, no they gave you the foundation. Now now you get life and you're learning from your mistakes by, right. primarily. And they, you know, that's the way we all learn basically. It's like, oops, can't do that. Oh, I was a quarter inch off. That just... Screwed up the whole window treatment, and I got to do it all over again <laughs> yeah. at my expense. Right, right, sure. Do you do you think your industries can do a better job? Because there is a lot of tech that and new software tools and some of the new equipment that we have out there, like three D printing technology, not just at a desktop level, but at a professional level, right. and you know that stuff. It's we're starting to see more of the CAD design starting to come out, and people are really gravitating towards that. But it seems like they're just not even looking in your guys' direction when it comes to, okay, I have these skills now. I've been learning to, you know, make CAD models and, and 3D right. design. They're going to cars. They're going to 
engineering or maybe some other field, but you guys, I mean, maybe your industry just has to do a better job of saying, hey, we need you guys too. Well, Be- being able to incorporate it is a big part of, uh, you know, uh, for carpentry, I can speak for the trades and for carpentry for, as a contractor. We, that's something that, I mean, if you understand, if you're good at doing the work, a lot of guys feel like they should, they, you know, type A personalities. You, you, if you're competent at it and you, uh, you run sites, you think, oh, I should be, I can own a business. And some guys end up being good at it, but there's a learning curve in that too because mm-hmm. there's the business side of it too. Yeah. Which and, takes an awful long time to, like we said, I'm a relatively new right. business owner just a few years in and it's, and you constantly yeah. learning. So, so there is, there's a, so what we, what we, the conversation we have in our business is because we have a guy that, that does 3D renderings and, and CAD stuff and, our work constant, and and it's nice because a lot of people have a hard time envisioning. They all have a hard time envisioning. People yeah. can't see it. Like, what is this going to actually look like? And you can give them a really good idea with these renderings. And so our our struggle is, you know, because we're concentrating on getting work done, you know, because of how things are right now. How we have to do a better job in letting people know that we can help you with this. Uh, Chris can help you with this. So that, and that's where our partnership works really well too, is he helps people see that. But, you know, use actually using that, you know, because we have it. We have it. Sure. And you're, excuse me, you're starting the segment with do the DIY shows help or hinder? Mm-hmm. And I don't even watch them anymore. I mean, I refuse to watch HGTV because none of that is realistic. I mean, when we're working with clients, it's pretty hands-on. They want to know, okay, what are your thoughts? Okay, here's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you know you're out there with a the tape measure and you're measuring, and we're working. On a, I'm working on a project now where we're doing a garage, and they want it to look like an Irish pub. So I'm out there with the client, and we're measuring and figuring mm-hmm. out and coming up with the uh, overall designs because we already had it kind of on paper, but we were re- refining it. Um, that doesn't happen. They don't show you that type of thing on sure. these DIY shows. All the all the component parts that go into creating a successful project. I mean, I know I myself have tried to do things at home on my own. There's a big difference between what Chris Kramer can do and having a professional do it. Sure. I mean, I want the professional look. Mm-hmm. I don't want Chris Kramer look. And, and you yeah. notice the few episodes where they do have the <laughs> – I'm doing the air quote thing here – the problem homeowner who wants to know what's going on and wants to control the colors and things like that, that's that's the reality. That that's, is reality. Uh, and, and the sending them away for a week while you totally change their house without them knowing what's going on, that doesn't really happen. No. no. Yeah, I know very few people who would be comfortable with that who are not a part of a television program where they're probably getting paid. And um, So depending on how all of those work. Right. I would rather have the person asking me questions than the person that says, I love it all. Mm-hmm. Because the person that says, I love it all, by the time by the time you're halfway through the project is one of those I don't like it. Right. Well, we've we've also had a couple of these shows I won't name names who have had the this is the most amazing thing ever I love this and then they sued the program afterwards for ruining their house. So it's yes. <laughs> there's a gotta keep in mind there's a television component to all of this right. as well. All right, so we we'll have some final thoughts and and what your respective industries can maybe do to to get some people in there and and how you can go forward because there is a labor shortage and these are industries where you can make a lot of money and you can take them anywhere you want to go. Your family wants to move away from a community, great. You can take this job with you. Uh, so we'll talk about that next on Measure Twice here on 95.3 MNC. Born and weathered with its roof sunk in.
And welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, this is Measure Twice. I am where we help you envision your home's potential. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. We've also got Joel Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling and Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors. My phone doesn't work. <laughs> Just trying to get over to my liner. So uh, I want to thank uh, Hoosier Hardwood Floors. And again, your uh, your hardwood floor experts, HoosierHardwoodFloors.com. We've also got Miller's Building Supply. You can check them out uh, online at uh, Miller'sBuildingSupply.com. So, guys, um, we're talking about the labor shortage again, and we have a big problem in your respective industries with the labor shortage. And we've, mm-hmm. I think we've talked an awful lot about the data and things like that and kind of what's been causing it. And I don't know, ultimately, what, what do you guys – what are your final thoughts on like, how can we get – more people into this, what needs to happen, what would you like people out there who maybe don't have a career path to know about your respective industries that maybe might motivate them a little bit? Well, I, um, it, no pressure. Yeah, exactly. You're just trying to yeah. save an entire industry. Right, yeah, exactly. It's all on my shoulders. Right? <laughs> it's all depends on what I say right now. No, I, you know, I mean, really, at the end of the day, the value that that you feel from the work that you've done i mean you can't that itself i mean it sounds like a bumper sticker but <laughs> it really i mean like you sleep really well at night yeah. you know you feel good about when you when you can drive by a project that you built that's that you did that's still there 15 years later and it still looks great you know i mean that's a great feeling and you're make i mean you you literally make a difference in your community because you're improving it and you can make really good money doing it especially i mean especially if you get in it at any point in time but if you get into it as when you're younger Mm -hmm. and you really work hard to learn you you can make good money doing it and make a good living and be a professional i mean the thing is is i work with doctors and lawyers and you know, people who are that have a you know way more money than me that do things that you know are professional. And when we talk, the majority of them talk to me as a professional, as an as an equal, because they understand the value of what what I bring. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand when they're when they're thinking about what they're going to get into. I guess I would also talk to parents and say, hey, if you have a a a son that you know doesn't know what he wants to do that may that it, you know you have to be creative in what we do too sure so if you know is a little bit creative isn't afraid to get dirty <laughs> problem solving yeah you're gonna run into There's a lot, lot of, of problem things solving. that you're gonna have to yeah. yeah you know encourage them to look into it you know even if it's getting an apprenticeship for us you know work doing working with somebody for a summer and just getting a feel for it uh, you know, one of the guys that works for us, he worked for us two summers while he was going to college and decided that he loves it and that's what he wants to do. So he's, he didn't, he stopped going to college full time and worked with us. And then we helped him with finishing his degree and, well, the computer sure. stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there's anything, I mean, a, a lot of it is on parents, you know, to understand who your kid is and where 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 they will excel, and if it makes sense to maybe look into the trades. There you go, Chris. Anything you want to add to that? I would say that the majority of what Joe was saying is is correct. I think that um, 
even we as industry partners have a responsibility to inform and educate, um, just like we're doing right now, talking about it mm-hmm. on, on air. But um, there's also, I think, a, an opportunity to, again, talk to clients, parents whose kids don't know what they want to do. And because I tell clients all the time, you know, we're in a labor shortage. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they have any interest in sewing, I mean, they can make a very good living yeah. doing custom draperies. We have one workroom right now, and she said this lady's overloaded to the point of it takes six, eight, ten weeks to get something through her workroom. And there's a lot of people who sew as a hobby. Yes. You know, who maybe could turn it into a, a nice money-making opportunity. It, it, it is a very good money-making opportunity. And mm-hmm. I've worked with workrooms in the past where, you know, they had three or four other women in the workroom working. She owned it and had several staff working with her. There's definitely potential for good good, good living. Um, so I would just encourage people who are contemplating career choices, think about it. It, it, there's a lot out there that that is we are needing, and the p- great earning potential is there. You know, maybe with some of these summer jobs too. I guess just kind of referring to younger listeners who might come in contact with this show, whether through somebody else or listening right now. You know, if you if you want to go ahead and have a summer job, and a lot of them do, right? Because they want to have that money, they want to go out, they want to hang out with their friends and that sort of thing. Yeah, you can go summer, maybe maybe make you know minimum wage part time or. You could go into one of your industries, like you said. One of your guys worked there for the summer. Decided that that was for him, uh, you yeah. know. And what he was ultimately doing, college-wise, he altered that path because of his work with you. Maybe make some more money. Maybe build a skill. Learn a heck of a lot about yourself. I think. Um, develop some critical thinking skills too. I think that's important. I've rarely run into somebody who's been in in a trade for an extended period of time who doesn't have an amazing amount of common sense and problem-solving skills, because you need it. Right. You know, it's a part of your industry. But at the end of the day, um, I, I, as a father, I can tell you this, that when I build something for my daughter, the look on her face is way better than going to the store and buying something. Yeah. Because um, she appreciates it. She knows what's happening. She knows that you're making that for yourself. So these are skills that you will use even if you don't stay in the industry. Right. You will right. use on a regular basis periodically throughout your life anyway. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you think about it like the, I get we get calls from people who are like, you know what, I can't. I have no idea how to do this. And, you know, I mean, they're calling us on some simple stuff, and we're like, we just can't, we can't, you know, get there to that and leave some of these other projects that we have going on for something like that. And it's like, you know, if they had just even a basic skill that they they knew, I mean, some some people just aren't ever going to have that, and that's fine. But if you do work in it for a little bit, you'll build at least some basic skills that will help you in the long run where you can just, you know, you can take care of some stuff that is fairly simple to take care of just because you've learned some basic skills. Absolutely. I built I built cabinets for about a year and wish I'd paid more attention to running the CNC machine when I was there because now I run a CNC machine and I really wish I had that skill set better. Um, you know, but it was the industry for me? No. But I use those skills that I learned building cabinets all the time. Right. All the time. And they apply to my business that I own now, you know, because I don't just do the radio thing. But all of that stuff is stuff that I learned in that year of doing that. It wasn't for me, okay, but it was for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But now, all of the stuff that I learned there, it, it, it applies consistently throughout my my everyday life now. 
right. just because I'm into stuff like that. Um, and, you know, some some of those times, too, when you're younger and you're like, oh, I want to learn this. And then you get into, oh, it's kind of hard. And then when you're in your 30s, you're like, I really wish I would have paid more attention because now I'm interested in it right. again. Right. Oh, and I can apply it to my, my home, right. my car, whatever. Because we're not just talking about, you know, your industries, but there's a problem with the trades anyway yeah. with a labor shortage in that, you know, there's a, a – luckily, we're starting to see, I think, a concerted effort. We heard it in the State of the Union address here. Right. We've got to do something about technical and, and vocational training because we just – we have a major issue with that. Yeah. Well, even, like, my my second oldest son, he's going to be a freshman next year in high school, and uh, we, we had to go and sit through listening about, you know, setting up his schedule – and they were talking about some basic things that they're starting to offer at the high school. They have some CAD progr- CAD stuff that get, kids can get into on the engineering side. You, they've got actual, like, some classes for design work, like what Chris does. Some basic business classes that you can take that would count as math classes. So it's uh, – schools are starting to recognize that, you know, not every kid's going to go to college and – how do they help those those kids that aren't but are interested in something else that they can get into it coming out of co- out of high school and yeah. have some basic basic understanding to help them as they go forward you know so if if you know i'm trying to figure out how do how, is there a way that i can partner too with them and help i don't you know there's like chris said we have as as owners business owners and tradesmen we have to be cons- make a concerted effort also to help get people into sure. it yeah, you probably noticed that uh, this is a routine theme here is that hey what's this what's the trend right now what's this so it's also you know it's not just an industry where you're going to learn stuff but it's also one that's always changing yeah so yeah. you're you're not going to there'll be some repetition obviously but you're not yeah. going to have the cons- i just i've been doing the same exact boring. thing for 30 40 <laughs> years you know you don't have that because right. it's always evolving it's always changing there is again a huge technological component to this which it you know advances the way that things can be done and you know, these are all things to, to really consider. So if you're sitting there and you're going, there's no jobs out there. One, there is. There's a lot of jobs. <laughs> yeah. um, and jobs that you can make very good money in. And as Joel and Chris said earlier, jobs that they are willing to train you if you do not have any experience in. Mm-hmm. You you just got to you just gotta knock on some doors and make some phone calls. Maybe uh, maybe not uh, do monster.com or whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sometimes, not that anything is wrong with that. Sometimes it just takes a phone call. And uh, you never know when somebody might need somebody for a job coming mm-hmm. up and say, yep, come on in. Give us a try. You never know. All right, guys. Uh, anything uh, else before we get out of here? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Deer and headlight yeah. look for both yeah. of you? Yeah, yeah we're good. We're pretty much. Yeah, we're staring at us. Go to com, And again, uh, we have the latest episode in the four segments up there on the homepage. And if you have a question or comment, feel free to contact us with the Contact Us page. And we'll be happy to address that on the show. And we want to thank you for listening to Measure Twice here on 95.3 MNC. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Measure Twice. If you have questions for Chris, Joel, or Rob, email them to questions at mtwiceshow.com. And listen again next week on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.